Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Ren. And my name is Emily, and on this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things, but also all things Stranger Sings. We are very excited today to be joined by Jonathan Hogue, who has written and produced, and I think kind of like every man, um, <laughs> on Stranger Things, a parody musical, uh, which is very, very exciting. So how are you? Introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Jonathan. I, uh, I live in New York City. Uh, I've been working on Stranger Things as the book, music and lyric writer since 2017. And uh, I love Stranger Things, as you can guess. So I'm happy to be here. We're really happy to have you here. For those on the audio, we also have our very fancy Joyce Byers background in tribute, of course, to the amazing Joyce Byers. <laughs> we're all in the same room now, so this is good. Exactly, perfect. Somehow we're all at the same angle, but we're not going to question that, you know. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Stranger Things and the fact that um, it is now coming to the UK and also Australia, which is super exciting. So we're going to talk all about that and then also probably geek out a little bit over season four as we usually do on this podcast. Yeah, but before we get into that, there are many places you can find us. And those places are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible.com at Hawkins Do You Copy. And then on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, or YouTube and Tumblr or at Hawkins Do You Copy. And at some point, eventually, HawkinsDoYouCopy.com and our Discord, Hawkins Do You Copy. We're going to keep saying it until it actually happens. Yeah, just a running gag that it hasn't, hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> It's in the upside down, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is in the upside down. Exactly. Exactly. So Jonathan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what made you want to go into theatre writing and producing? Yeah, I, I grew up uh, loving, loving theatre. I was, you know, an actor for a long time. I, you know, I saw theater like crazy wherever, you know, wherever, wherever I was, whether it was, um, I grew up in um, Washington State, kind of near Seattle area, and saw a lot of theater growing up and was in community theater productions and all that. Um, I, I didn't know that I wanted to be a writer necessarily as a kid. And what's funny to me is that I was writing and I just didn't, it didn't track with me that that was like a career that I would want to have, you know? Yeah. And um, and what was even funnier is that I was writing parody a lot as a kid too. Like I I was you know taking Monty Python skits and creating my own skits, kind of riffing off of that. And yeah. I was in I was in shows uh, where you know I, we would do the show, and then at the cast party at the end, I would have the parody version that we'd perform for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just I loved it. I I just had such a brain for satire and twisting something and kind of flipping it on its head and making people laugh and I just thought that was so fun you know I grew up watching Saturday Night Live and again Monty Python um there's a, a troupe in the states I don't know if how what their reach is but that they're, they're called uh, Star Kid and they have all these kind of parody yeah. musicals that they oh yes oh yeah okay great <laughs> they they have a reach and that reaches us Harry Potter musical had its hooks in me when I was in high school and that yeah like, <laughs> such an inspiration for this show so it's really interesting, actually, listening to the music. I re-listened to the soundtrack um, today. I was like, I, why am I getting like a very Potter music, very Potter sequel vibes? Before? Do I bring it up or do I just keep quiet for a little bit? But... Oh, yeah. It's like Stranger Things gives me a mixture of like, it's like the middle, it's the middle child between 
um, a very Potter musical and the Lightning Thief musical. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that is like the biggest compliment. I I mean that with the biggest compliment ever. Like that is like the vibes I get and I love it. Like that is part of the reason why I love it so much is because like I love those two and it just gives me all of those vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's so great. But yeah, that they were just yeah, like that that brand of comedy, that kind of scrappy mm-hmm. making theater with your friends kind of uh style um was just so fun and that was like the world that I my brain started in for stranger things and so um but yeah I I I started writing this in 2017 um it was right after season two had come out and um you know and everyone on the internet had you know the justice for barb and the Mm -hmm. kind of the the stuff with Winona and her you know is this Winona is it Joyce like kind yeah. of blurring the lines there and the crazy lights and everything there's just like so much to work with that the internet was kind of already creating parodied content and so I just as I was kind of in that headspace of you know Barry Potter musical and um my friends had just done a parody musical that they wrote of the tv show friends that they had produced a concert of in New York mm-hmm. and so I thought oh well you know they've done it and they're not you know necessarily like mm-hmm you know, Broadway writers or anything like, and they can, you know, so I, I just kind of, I don't know, it was like a pet project. I just, I was singing things into my iPhone for months and, you know, little ideas would pop in my brain and I would, I would write them out and it just kind of snowballed into a full show. And now it's, I just can't even believe where it is because it just hasn't, it was never what I thought it would be in the, in those early days. So Mm-hmm. I know it's incredible. Like I think, about it, I think the way you would describe it, sometimes that's the best way to get into things. Yeah. Just kind of try things out. We used to have this thing over here. Um, I, I don't think it, it's done as much anymore. But when you were saying about you do the proper show and then you do a, a parody after, um, I think it's like cod panto. It's where you'd have the pantomimes and then the cast and crew after would do their own versions of it. So it's actually really interesting when you say that and that kind of how things have progressed that way. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. Interesting. Yeah, we might as well just start talking about stranger things then um so I, I guess the most important question first of all then and you've kind of answered this, but are you excited about the fact it's coming to london on australia yeah yeah i it's it's insane it's so insane I, you know what's funny is I, I was on a podcast last uh fall i think so we basically just just quick timeline we had our our off-broadway debut last summer we did a five-week run in new york um, it was a limited engagement at this kind of small theater in the West Village and um, went so, so well. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, we were able to record our cast album that you have now and, you know, really have all these production photos and kind of tell people at the show. And now it's, you know, we're, we're expanding. But um, anyway, so I was on a podcast like a couple of weeks after that production ended. Um, it was a friend's podcast. It was kind of, uh, you, you know, we just did a, a short thing on the show and I think she had asked me something about like, uh, you know, where do you see the show going? And I was joking because on TikTok, we kept getting all these comments that are like, when are you coming to London? When are you coming to Australia? When are you coming? And, and I was, you know, joking in the pockets like, oh, I don't know, probably never. Like, sorry, you know? And then now I laugh because it's just, it's, it, yeah, it's taken off. And and I think um, it, having all these audiences on social media, like coming from all over the world, like, yeah. I mean, you know, those that know Stranger Things, we know that this fan base is all over the world, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's really surreal to be able to bring this show to to these kind of different audiences all over, mm-hmm. um, all over and down under, you know. Um, <laughs> in the upside down, literally. Yeah, we've been joking, you know, is the upside down in Australia the right side up question? Oh, 
Wow. So these are the important questions we should be asking. Are we the upside down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You've, you have sort of spoken about like what fueled it and kind of going into how there was sort of little things and you were recording it over time and it was just sort of something that kind of you said snowballed which was brilliant like I don't know if that was intentional use of the the snowball it just immediately I was like snowball the snowball um but like what other things aside from stranger things and then also on the stranger things website it says and you like specifically thanked Winona Ryder which I approve of as a Stan. so what other things kind of over the whole process like not just sort of in those beginning stages but what sort of continues to inspire stranger things yeah i you know it's a lot of it is just seeing how the fans react to the show um i think it's like like so for example the the original version of the show we wrote after season two Mm -hmm. and so the arc of the show um which I can get into later, but basically the arc of the show is season one with some like little pieces of season two thrown in there. But then after season three had come out, Scoops Ahoy was such a massive part of mm-hmm. that season. And I was like, yeah. oh, Scoops Ahoy in the show. So one of the songs that I had in the show, I reworked, um, I kept the song, but I reworked the scene around it to now mm-hmm. place it at the mall. And I really built out kind of more of the Dustin Steve moment there because that has become such a big part mm-hmm. of like the fandom, you know, because the thing mm-hmm. with the purity is that like, this is for the fans, you know, this is for people who yeah. love the show and I like love the show. So, <laughs> you know, you, you put in the stuff that, you know, people are going to be most excited to interact with. And so, um, so even with season four, I'm kind of sitting with, you know, I'm not, rewriting a whole lot because it again is really the arc of season one kind of finding will out of the upside down but um but I'm you know I'm looking for kind of little ways that I can kind of pepper in some of the things that the fans love from season four even just little references and stuff like that and so it's that's a huge thing and um and I think also like the musical aspect of this is I I am playing with a lot of kind of 80s sounds and and motifs and and different songs that people know um but i also like have a lot of musical theater thrown in there too so there's certain certain characters that their songs are very much kind of musical theater diva like Mm -hmm. kind of jazzy cabaret style and it was really kind of up to each character you know what what each character what what i feel like their style is what their voice is um so you know winona is is kind of your classic musical diva Mm -hmm. um and then you have like Nancy, who's more kind of Olivia Newton-John, Poppy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, let's see who else. Like Steve is sort of like the you're kind of like '80s rock, you know, hair metal maybe. That was part of the process too. Was kind of figuring out like what what is the voice of each of these characters. I made like a playlist of '80s music and musical theater songs to kind of help me like get in the the right headspace for each each mm-hmm. song as I was writing it, and so. Um, but yeah, I'm like just continually writing down ideas as they pop into my brain. And it's just, it's, it's a fun show to continue to kind of, you know, retool and evolve. I think you can really, really tell, like when you listen to the music, like as someone who like, we both love musical theater. And I think when you listen through the songs, like you can really identify like the, the way that the music is. And it's like, it feels really familiar. It's like that it really brings all of that across, which I think is really good. And I think you can really tell that so much has gone into it in that way. And I feel like you've 
done it so well in finding which voices fit which characters like it feels so true to the characters in the story when you listen to their songs like um nice is one of them like I when I listened to that one I was like yeah this is like this is like one of the ones where it just it felt so so like musical theater with the with the way the music was but then also was so fitting with the characters like I absolutely loved that I loved the way that that one was done so you can definitely tell that those things that you're you've said that like you're working on and what inspires it and what goes into it like it's definitely paid off you can definitely tell no i love hearing that thank you yeah yeah Yeah, it's like um the dad i never had that one as well and i i I wrote like a note for myself like it's got that such balance of heart but also they've got the humor with it and it in a way it kind of reminds me i don't know how familiar you are if you're in town um that musical but yeah it kind of like the vibes within that creates that and I, i suppose that focusing on that hard humor aspect of it like what you know apart from it being essentially a love led to strange things what do you want people to take from the show within that yeah well and just to speak to that song too i love that you brought that up because i i love that song because when i first started writing the show it was just all kind of silly goofy whatever and as I wrote that song, you know, it was hard with Eleven because I, some of the other characters I can really take very broad, but I felt mm-hmm. like she is such a, I, I don't know, she's such the heart of the series that I wanted to make sure that I keep her as the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, she's kind of one storyline and a lot of different storylines going on, but like we still kind of stick with her. And I really realized as I've been developing this that the 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 arc of this musical is... Mm-hmm. She's had, she's had this horrible, you know, horrible life in the lab and wants this dad and has this horrible Dr. Brenner character who is very kind of campy and, and broad in this version. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have Hopper on the other side who keeps coming back to this trauma of losing his daughter. And so we, you know, bringing them together is really the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. And so what was fun with with Dad Never Had, I actually, I love your intent. That's exactly like, exactly the vibe there. I, um, my, um, kind of cornerstone uh inspiration for that song was the song uh somewhere that's green from little shop uh, yeah yeah where it's you know it's 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 in- extremely sincere but mm. it's also extremely tongue-in-cheek too where the mm. lyrics are like you mm. know playing funny even though she's completely serious about it and so that's that's one of my favorite songs in the show is just the way that that um yeah it like everything's been silly and then that song actually sort of is like wait I I care about this character I feel for her you know Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still funny you know so I I love that but um uh yeah it's uh it's it's interesting to kind of uh build out that that arc um and and you know it's it's really become a musical now and not just a not just kind of a sketch comedy evening you know so it's yeah. uh i love that but yeah it's one of the things at the vaults theater as well like thank you have you visited the vaults before i have not yet i can't wait oh. to see it i've seen all the photos and mm-hmm. and i've had you know friends go and check it out and mm-hmm. I, I can't wait so yeah it really it's the perfect theater for it that i saw hair there um i say recently it was a couple of years ago now and just the way that it's kind of that nice balance between being really intimate and small but at the same time you can work so much with it i mean when i went there they put all like string string <laughs> like ribbon from the ceiling and just kind of really made it that immersive style so yeah i i can't really imagine it anywhere but the vaults theater actually it, it makes perfect sense yeah we they they um when we first were in talks with the vaults 
we were just looking at the photos and it was like this is it this is the mm-hmm. perfect space for the you know because mm-hmm. we're we're not big broadway big west end you know we're we're scrappy underground mm-hmm. you know of course we want to have a space where people are able to see it like we're not yeah. looking to play 50 seat theaters like but you know mm-hmm. it's that intimacy and that feeling of like going underground to find that show that you know mm-hmm. people haven't heard about yet but they got to see it like that's that's what we love about this show and it's it, we're we're in sort of a uh in new york are looking at a space that's in the round actually so it's gonna be fun mm-hmm kind of exploring different ways to stage the show. And then I think Australia, they're doing sort of like a, a concert venue, um, kind of big pavilion. So they're, so all three of our productions are going to be so hmm. kind of unique as far as how they're staged, which is really exciting. No, definitely. I think like what you say about underground theatre is, is one of the best things. Like off Broadway, I think I've seen probably some of my favourite shows off Broadway compared to Broadway like Broadway is amazing and and like you know when you go and you see it, it you know it's amazing but I actually think some of the best shows I've seen in New York were off Broadway productions yeah, like, because there's just so much like heart and love that's gone into them um yeah. that you leave really you do feel that intimacy and you do leave feeling like you've actually been such a huge part of something that you can tell that the team like so much has gone into it so I think like off-Broadway is, is one of my favourite things and I think the vaults is somewhere we'll, which will encapsulate that kind of feeling so yeah because we actually over here we had you're in town and Heather's actually kind of starting a more off well, off West End and just the way it was it just that kind of intimate enough that you could tell that the audience were going there it was because you know it, it was something different but they genuinely wanted to be there and yeah it did transfer I think Heather's is still in the West End right yeah or it, yeah, it's closing it is, yeah. soon but just it was just yeah you could just tell there was a real heart in creating those productions and the real heart from the audience so yeah it, it's gonna be really exciting i think to i mean just selling the vaults to you here speaking <laughs> of heathers if you do like heathers there is a uh there is a heather in stranger things so oh <laughs> well. i won't say where but she's in there so okay oh well, my god we'll look out for that then <laughs> that's really cool I'm so I'm just so excited to see it like we're we're going opening night and I just like it it, it can't come quick enough like I'm just so 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 excited uh, oh good good it's gonna be well, so I'll see good. you there I'll be there too so amazing there we go we will <laughs> see you there <laughs> we ask our listeners for any questions if they had any questions for you and a big one was like how tough is casting for the show and and me and Emily were actually talking about this as well um when we were sort of like going over everything um like what makes it what makes you think okay this person is the perfect choice or this person's the perfect because they're characters that already exist if that makes sense that's an interesting question I I don't know. I mean, it's like any time you're casting, it's there's just that person that just kind of fits everything that you feel like you're looking for. Because I think sometimes with like with this show, we've had we've had multiple people over the course of this development that have taken a certain role and have done a completely different thing. Like the character of uh, Will, we've had like three different actors play in the last couple of years, and every single one of them has been hysterical. Mm-hmm. But they're also very different from each other we have a very different version of will and all three of them and then now this new version which you know this is a a little sneak peek for listeners that i've we haven't announced yet but will is actually a puppet in this coming one um but joyce puppeteers 
which I think is, you know, building that out into the script is actually really funny um, and really interesting. But, you know, but that's the thing is like every time we've been casting, we're always kind of looking, you know, we're looking for someone who's got the, the, the vocal stamina. We're looking for someone who's funny. We're looking for someone who makes choices, has good chemistry in the room. Um, looking like the character helps for sure. Um, but of course, we're also not trying to like, you know, narrow down like the exact look of the series. And um, yeah. but yeah, it's just, you know, it, we're, we're excited to work with people who just have ideas and, and um, are, are fun to work with. And yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, the, the London and Australia cast, what they bring to it. Cause I know it's going to be something unique from what we have in New York. So that's, yeah. It's really interesting, actually, because obviously the vaults posted um, the casting call out on their Instagram. I was looking through, I was like, why does Will need to be able to use a puppet? Uh, <laughs> and you know what? That makes perfect sense now. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It will be interesting to see because, like, I feel like US, um, England and Australia, we all have, like, different humour as well. Sure, And it's yeah. like, it's like, it's really interesting to see how, like, because I feel like the humour of Stranger Things comes across really well and what we find it really funny. So it'll be interesting to see how those things are performed with an English cast and then also with an Australian cast because our humour is just so like varied. Like I find things like that really cool when theatre can kind of just still have that same impact even in different places yeah I'm so interested to see how just the show in general reads I I'm, and I'm glad to hear that people think it's funny even just from the cast album because that's oh it is oh it's like I think cast albums are so good as well like being able to release them like and then the reach that they can have is just so brilliant we also had a question which you kind of already answered, but we'll ask it anyway. That can we expect any changes when it comes over, especially in a in a post season four world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm always kind of looking at ways to update some of the jokes. I think um, there's a couple of jokes that we're kind of uh, rewriting for for the UK that I think you know some of them were very like New York specific or Amer- you know US specific, but mm-hmm. um, so we have some kind of updated jokes there. Um, again, the will, the will puppet um, track has kind of altered a lot of stuff, um, or not a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of jokes that are kind of re- rewritten around that. There's actually a new song that's coming for Will too. Um, so that's gonna be fun. No one will have heard that. Um, we're that's also really exciting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, still have to finish writing it, so hopefully it's good. <laughs> can, can I can I add a sub question in? Was the new song for Will where sort of what inspired there being a new song for Will? Was it that he's going to be a puppet, or was it after seeing like season three and season four? Like what kind of? Yeah, it's so it. Uh, so Will has a song in the show right now called "Where There's a Will," which is yeah, really fun and has been great for the the show. But I realized when he's a puppet. Um, that whole moment that we see him in the upside down, I wanted to, I, I had, I don't know if I want to spoil what, what it is, but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I it just, I kind of got hit with this like idea of, of what to do with that moment now that he's a puppet. Mm-hmm. And I just, it sort of just made the most sense for like needing to rewrite the song to be this new, this new version. Cause I think that's just going to hit in a way that kind of is unique to this new, this new direction. So um, so that was the inspiration. Um, 
but yeah, the other thing we're looking at right now, and I think we're sort of in talks about how this is working is, is possibly breaking this up right now. It used to be one act all the way through, and now we're looking at possibly adding an intermission. Um, and, and that kind of has changed the order of some of the songs and, and the structure of the show too. So, um, so lots of little things, just kind of always learning from, you know, we, we did the run last summer and found places where it was really funny and the audiences loved it every time. And in some places where it felt like it was going a little too long, we had to cut it back a little bit, you know, so you're always kind of wanting to kind of be attentive to those things with your audiences. And, um, and so we're, we're making those changes to kind of really have this strong full evening that just continues to kind of ride ride that high all the way through so no, i think that's a good thing as well and it, it's good you're listening to those audiences because i think sometimes you see yeah, production so stuck in no this is what's worked before so we're gonna stick to it this way yeah. i think it's yeah. always to kind of just adapt and it's all it's all very exciting i mean will was my favorite character so hearing <laughs> there is a new <laughs> song and there are adaptions i am yeah <laughs> Just just assume that, like, there is a number one Will stand, like, tattoo on Emily's head at all times. Like, we literally get comments from listeners that are just like, Emily is the, like, the one. Like, Emily should, we got one the other day that was like, Emily should write the, like, a Will Byers spin-off. Oh my gosh. Um, so, the, the second you said about Will being a puppet, that was it then. You, yeah. She was, we were hooked already, but, but now... That's that's it. We'll make sure you get a photo with the uh, Will Puppet when you come see the show. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to complain. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I go. think that I think that is really cool though. Like listening to the audiences, um, especially when it is something where like humor is such an important part, but you're also trying to keep like the fundamental parts of Stranger Things while also bringing that across. I think like definitely listening is really good and it's it's like Emily just said it's nice to hear that you're doing that because so many so many productions haven't done that or they sort of just want to stick to something when actually there's no there's nothing wrong with being like okay actually no we're going to change this or we're going to cut this or we're going to edit this you know because I think that's how you make something so good is like constantly working on it like I don't think anything is ever like properly finished you know and I think that's what's actually so good about it is that you can keep working on it um so it's really exciting to think that there are going to be like little changes it it makes it makes it feel more like personal as well doesn't it like when you see a show and if you've seen something multiple times like those little differences actually make seeing it multiple times and having different versions because they, you feel like, okay, well, that's, you know, I saw the version where this happened and I got to see the first one where this was the case. And I think that makes it so much more exciting rather than thinking, okay, well, I saw the same, the exact same show performed the exact same way every single time. And it's so much better when you get to see those variances and it's, it's really exciting. I mean, I'm buzzing that we will get to see Will as a puppet. Like the first, <laughs> like the first opening night of Will as a puppet. Like that is, yeah. I'm so excited for that. And it's like, such a like you know like little thing but it's it's something that we now you know it, it really adds to it yeah 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 and it's fun too because again it's like every time you have a new performer in it too there's a new element that's being added mm -hmm. so that's you know everyone in seeing the vaults production is going to get to see you know this this new version of barb this new version of joyce that yeah that we don't have in the states and it's just yeah i can't wait to see what what each performer brings to it too because I just think that 
that has been what's so fun about this show and all the versions we've had and all the cast members we've had is we've loved everyone we've had and every version we've done has felt slightly different because of who we've had playing mm. the role so no definitely and I, that's that's the beauty of theater really that you you kind of get all Truly, of that. yeah should we move on then to a little bit of strange things for chat because yeah. you also had quite an exciting experience on set to that it seems yes 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 i did um i so during the pandemic my my parents live in uh atlanta georgia um, which is where they filmed the series um and i i you know knew that stranger things filmed there i i don't live in georgia so i when i I, you know i come home for holidays and and stuff like that um but during the pandemic you know i was in the city and i was like i need to get out i need to you know it's just too crazy right now and so i I lived with my my parents place for a couple months um really a year actually it was took took a while to get back to the city just because things were so in such bad shape but um while I was there, that was when they were filming season four. And so I was submitting myself for, you know, background work and stand-in work and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so I did, I did work. Um, I worked a couple of days in the, in, as a high schooler in the school. Uh, uh, I was uh, a Hawkins resident in that town hall scene in season, in episode six. Hmm. Um, And then there's a, uh, I guess for people who have seen the, the volume two in the final episode, there's that scene with Dustin at the school where he's kind of looking up at things that are coming from the sky at the very, very, very end. Mm-hmm. I'm in that little crowd there too. So, um, but, uh, but I said, I did that. And then I also was a, a stand-in for um, a couple of the Russian guards during all the Russia scenes that they were filming. Mm-hmm. And then I was a stand-in for Yuri for a couple of days too. So um, so it was that's really true. fun. It was really fun getting to uh, do those ones because that's, you know, the Duffers were there, Winona was there, Dave, David Harbour. And um, and what, one of my favorite scenes we did was that scene where they're walking into the the lab in in the, in yeah. the prison with all the kind of the demo, demo creatures and stuff. Yeah. And they had this, this um, dummy of the Demogorgon sitting on this table when I walked in and the lights are flickering and I would just I remember walking in and I'm like I am in Stranger Things what is going on like, this is, you know it's just like I couldn't think of any more anything more Stranger Things than walking into a room with the mm-hmm. Demogorgon and the lights are flickering and so it was just so cool and that whole set was incredible and and you know just working with that that crew and it was you know all of these are sets built out into this one big studio and so you have this massive three-story russia set which is just incredible um and then literally you walk right out of that set and there's the creel house it was like three-story mansion you know and so i I didn't get to go in there but i was peeking in and there's you know all the cobwebs and everything and it's just so cool it was like watching the series now and kind of knowing where all the sets were and where all the locations were it was just like so surreal Mm -hmm. so did they have the, um, I want to call it the demo pit. Was that in that area as well then? Or was that on location somewhere else? Yeah, it, the Russia kind of where they fight the Demogorgon. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that whole three-story set. So that was in Atlanta, oh, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. I think, I, from what I understand, the anything that was, I think, like episodes, you know, one through four, where they're, they're in the snow and the, that church and everything, I think that was all Lithuania that they filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anything else that was like kind of yeah, the demo pit and all of that interior stuff was all on set in Atlanta. So, um, so cool. pretty cool. Because mm. you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know the no. difference. 
Like, not at all. You wouldn't really, like, not at all. It doesn't look Magic like Magic of blue set. screens, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the level of detail that the set designers do, it's just incredible. And it's all connected, too. So you're, like, walking down a hallway, and then you're in the control room, and then you walk down a hallway, and you're in the lab. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so detailed and so, so cool. Hmm. So I imagine you weren't given any scripts or any work like that. So was it kind of a thing for you on set, kind of almost trying to pick out your own story and try to figure out what was going on that way yeah yeah it's interesting because there's so much under wraps when we were filming that I you know didn't always know like kind of what was going on and you know when you're when you're a stand-in you get pieces of the script because oh. you're you're basically I don't know if you know just for those who don't know what the stand-in is basically a stand-in is um while the the camera crew is setting up the the shot you'll kind of stand in the place of that actor. Um, so usually you're like the same height as that actor or you have the same hair color or whatever. And it's really just so those actors can kind of be in hair and makeup and then come out right when they're ready to film. You're just standing in there. Sometimes you'll do the motions of the actor. Sometimes you'll say the lines just so they can get that kind of test shot. Um, and then you pop out and so the actors go back in. So, um, but that was fun because yeah, it was like kind of everyday piecing piecing together information about what was going on and learning different things. And, you know, it's such an interesting season too, because you had so many different plot lines and different mm -hmm. places going on. So mm -hmm. I knew a lot of what was happening in Russia, but I had no idea what was happening in, you know, Hawkins or California or any of that stuff. So it was, mm -hmm. it was funny kind of to, to be, and then, you know, we were filming that, that final scene, um, spoilers, um of of episode nine where we're looking up at the snow and i'm like what happened you know like i've heard something about an earthquake and there's there's you know we're supposed to look up and something bad is coming from the sky but like we don't really know what it is you know we're just being told you know look scared I'm like okay i don't know what i'm looking at you know just go with it yeah exactly so now it's cool to watch the the show and and, and see kind of oh that's what that was you know mm. uh, yeah. yeah it's interesting as well because it feels like you kind of had the opposite experience the majority of the internet then because i feel like a lot of us were like we don't have a clue how russia fits in we don't know yeah. what's going on and it's just like yeah i know all of the russian plot but hawkins stuff not a clue yeah 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 it was weird I, it, it was funny because there was a point where i was like i don't know how much i want to know you know because yeah. it was like it was mm -hmm. fun to know some things but then at, at a certain point it was like I was like, I do still want to watch this without having like the whole show spoiled. So like all the Vecna stuff, I didn't really know anything about. I had heard about Vecna when I was on set, but I didn't know what he looked like or what his role was, you know. So it was it was it was fun to be surprised, but then it was fun to have like little pieces of like, oh, I know where this is. Yeah, I know, I know what happens here. So but mm. um, nice. and if the duffers are listening, I would never, ever, ever dream of spoiling anything. I love the show too much. So that's your just basically hire you <laughs> for season five. That's what they should do. They should just get you back. Yeah, come on. I've already written the parody. Right, bring me on as a staff writer. I know the show, so yeah. exactly. You're doing that. I'm writing the World by a spinoff. Perfect. Yeah, Duffer brothers, get on it. Great, we're right here. I I will say that's what I love about the Duffers is they have such a a a, a, a strong sense for what the fans like want to see too. Mm -hmm. You know, I just yeah. feel like there's like a level when you're writing a series of like fan service I can go too far but I feel like they mm -hmm. they have such a like th there can also be the opposite direction where it's like we're not doing any fan service because that's cheap we're going to do stuff that the fans don't want because that's going to be yeah. like interesting and I feel like especially like volume two it was like there was so much fan service with like you know Joyce and Hopper and all these different plot lines that are coming together but then there's also those like 
heartbreaking like shockers too and so I, I feel like they mm -hmm. have such a strong sense of like what the fan base wants to see but not mm -hmm. just giving them everything they want and then they're disappointed yeah. because they didn't get anything interesting you know it's 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 um it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like Christmas it's like you get the kids what's on their list and then get them some stuff that they didn't ask for that they're gonna love and mm. so they're just they're such smart writers I just am always it's, always amazed by them it's good fan service as well because it's fan service that fits the characters like yeah. it makes yeah. perfect sense for Joyce and Hopper to have got to this point to get together like that's been the yeah. way since season one but they delivered it in a way that felt natural to the characters but then also had the fans me losing their minds and like it was actually really cool because and it was it was sorry because at the premiere David Harbour they said to him about like what was the most exciting thing that you could that you did this season he was like oh there's something in in volume two that as a fan of the show has finally happened and I'm really happy for and I messaged Emily and I was like him and Joyce kiss I was like that's what's gonna happen and it is what happens and then the yeah. actual second kiss I think was improved by David yeah. and Winona. So like it's it's cool to think that they also know what fits the characters, but what the watchers that have been watching since 2016 and have followed Joyce and Hopper's kind of progression and journey want yeah. as well. And I think that yeah, it's like it's good fan service. It's it's not too far, it's not nothing, but it's that middle ground that's also accurate to the characters in the story. Yeah. And at the same time with Stephen Dustin that at the same time there's people online that are kind of like they're always paired together doing this and I'm glad they kind of referenced that within the show as well with Steve being like I just just want to be with someone else for once I thought you know what there you go you got that right balance there yeah I did yeah, I actually did add uh I did uh one of the biggest changes I made to the script after season four was kind of restructured a little bit of the Steve Dustin dynamic in the show because mm -hmm. I've realized that their their friendship has evolved so much, but also like the way that they interact with each other is like kind of more established after this season. So I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I retooled that a bit to kind of give us a little bit more of the Steve Dustin dynamic that we know so well. Um, yeah. But also speaking to the Joyce and Hopper thing, I just have to say I was on set. One of my first days on set was the day that they filmed Joyce and Hopper seeing each other for the first time, and I saw that in the script and. I, I was I was trying so hard to be like super cool because you know we're just it's just the crew and the cast and no like crazy fans so I'm like nope totally cool this is just a scene yeah I'm screaming in the bathroom but we're you know <laughs> so I would have lost my mind like Winona Ryder is in fact the love of my life um oh, same. and yeah like the love of my life and then Joyce and Joyce and Harpo's they are that like ship since the beginning where I was like I want this and then season two just threw me off because I loved Bob so much but yeah. you still had those like Joyce and Hopper moments so I was like oh this is this is painful because I love Bob and then just seeing kind of the whole journey in like season three and then how Joyce had kind of never the second she realized that he could have been alive like that was that was it and like yeah that reunion just when he looks at her as if to be like, are you real? And then just like pulls her back in and stuff. I just, if, if I'd been there, I would have actually lost my mind, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of ships, I am curious what your, what your thoughts are on the Nancy, Steve or Nancy, Jonathan, where you, where do you guys land? Um, I think I am Nancy and Jonathan because I think okay. that Steve and that, yeah, just because I think Steve and Nancy, like, they're great, like, and I loved them, um, like, especially Steve's, like, 
character arc and then the way he was at the end of season one was lovely and like the start of season two was lovely as well um but i think that like as much as in season four you kind of got those hints to steve and nancy i think that they do want different things ultimately like i couldn't see them if they got back together i couldn't see it being a long-term thing because i just think he wants a different thing to to nancy and i think they work really really well as friends so i wouldn't want that friendship to be ruined because i think they do work so well um so i think nancy and jonathan are are my they just win just a little bit for me yeah yeah i'm gonna go the safe option and i'm just gonna say as long as i get the monster hunting trio back um, (laughs) (laughs) then i am i am perfectly content in season five yeah i was surprised they were pushing it um yeah really with steve and nancy because i thought I kind of thought we were done with it, but then I suppose if you think about within the show, and we've said this on here before as well, that it was never properly wrapped up. That we yeah. had no, in season two with Steve, where it was sort of left, and then season three with Steve, where he mentioned it to Robin that he he loved her and things like that. That Nancy is great, that she's not, you know, what Robin maybe thinks she is. So, uh, yeah, it, it makes sense that we're readdressing it. I. Mm-hmm. I, I just want the monster hunting trio and uh, Robin could be there as well. Why not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be back. So <laughs> I, I was always, I was always like, except like happy with like Steve or sorry, uh, Nancy and Jonathan, but this season changed it. I don't know. I'm like, I, I, Steve has had such a great like development yeah. over the last couple of seasons. That to have him now like circling back to Nancy is so interesting because I feel like, you know, it 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 would make sense for mm-hmm. like the arc of the whole series for them to be together at the end. And in it, it, it weirdly, this season ending with this kind of, you know, will they or won't they with Stephen and Nancy, but then she ends up with Jonathan feels very much like season one where it's you have that will they won't they mm-hmm. Nancy Jonathan, but yeah. she ends up with Steve. So yeah. I I sort of feel like. I, I don't know I feel like season five they're gonna end up together but I also don't know what that does to Jonathan because I feel like his like arc this season was sort of like not the yeah. most clear you know so I mm-hmm. I hope that he gets a, a good ending if he doesn't end up with Nancy but um I don't know I want my man Steve to be happy so um <laughs> I didn't I, think yeah, of it I think the fans do too so hmm. yeah you're not the I work at a youth theater as well and you're not the only person that's thinking that there are a lot of people like actually I'm not entirely mad if that's the direction they go with yeah. it. I think, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think narratively, it does seem like that's where they're pushing it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll just see. We'll see I didn't think of it in the way that you said, where like at the end of season one, Nancy's with Steve, and then this is with, which is with Jonathan. I didn't make that parallel, but you're right. That's exactly what it felt like. That is actually exactly how it felt. Um, no, I, I wouldn't be mad about it um it's just it's just interesting that they are starting to like push it again and it's like what what made them decide to do that right Um, well and it's interesting because the thing that i that seemed like it would break up nancy and jonathan was the the college not going together they're different places but it seems like season five they're all going to be back in hawkins again so maybe that's Mm -hmm. not you know at play and and so i don't know we'll see you know i think from what i've heard the I think the Duffers have confirmed that the whole season is in Hawkins next yeah. next year. So, yeah. um, which I love. I love that we're getting back to kind of everyone together. I think that's exciting. But 
Um, I don't know. I'm so curious to see yeah. what they do with it. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Jonathan. Actually, more I think about it, that his arc was interesting this season, where it was there, and obviously we then see him talk to Will in Volume Two as well, and we've kind of got the start of, you know them kind of talking to each other and listening to each other a bit more as well but i don't know maybe maybe it's setting up for a season five arc for him and we're going to kind of come full circle but yeah it's, it's interesting yeah yeah mm. yeah any other um, predictions for season five what do you what do you cool. guys we were actually going to ask you this as well um, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah we're gonna say, what, what, what do you want from season five i mean i just want the buyers to be happy that's what i want yeah yeah Give Joyce a break. <laughs> yeah, because, like, if Will dies, I just feel like she would just... That would... It would feel a bit Hunger Games to me. I, I don't know if you've read the Hunger Games, which are, like, how course, yeah. the point is to save Prim and then Prim dies, and you it was a bit like, okay. Um, I think it would feel a bit like that. Like, I'd be... Emily is convinced Will's going to die. Like, she's, like, resigned herself to it. Um, but I, I am really... I don't know, I just feel like if... If Will dies, if Jonathan dies, I just I feel like we need to just give the buyers a rest. Like let them, you know, suffer, but don't kill them. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't know if I think Will's gonna die. I feel like I from what I've heard, Will has a big part of this new mm-hmm. season, which I'm glad because mm-hmm. I feel like the last two seasons he's been almost useless. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm excited to see what happens with him and Vecna because it seems like this whole thing of the upside down is frozen in time when Will was chosen or Will was taken, yeah. that there's something about him and his relationship to Vecna that's like we don't know about. So I'm like super interested to see what that is. Jamie Kamabawa said that him and Will have history. <gasps> oh, interesting. Yeah. So interested. I also Stressful. am really curious, like the scene where where one shows up in the upside down and he kind of harnesses that the dark cloud into the mind flare. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there may be even like another level above one. Yeah. Vecna yeah. or whatever that that we don't know about too. And so I'm just like I'm very curious to see like like what's the yeah. if there even I, mean, I assume Vecna's the big bad, but yeah, I'm wondering if there is something above him too that we don't know about. Um that's super interesting yeah. they did say that there will be surprises revealed in season five and it's like what more can you i know announce like, i know i know yeah i'm also i'm i'm i think i'm most excited about the fact that hawkins is like destroyed which is super yeah. cool like the fact that the town now is going to be part of that because that's that was like my big hope for season four was that we were going to start seeing the town really like like realizing what's really going on um i <laughs> i really i really hope uh carabono gets something to do in this season because i just yeah. it's so funny to me every season that she's like i don't know i just every scene she does i think she just gives so much to but it doesn't it does. it doesn't have a lot to work with you know mm-hmm. and so i just want her to have like for the harry potter fans i want her to be like the um mrs weasley like have that mrs weasley moment in the um yeah. in, in part two you know where she suddenly comes at at you know it jumps in the fight i just would love to see that so um but yeah i'm like super curious to see what that does to like the whole show and the town now that everyone kind of knows that like is seeing for real like what's happening i think that's gonna be so interesting 
Yeah. Going to what you said about one slash Fechner slash Henry, the thing with like the mind flayer is that technically it already did exist. It was just that Henry shaped it. So all this thing about, you know, Vecchner creating it, did he technically, because we know as well that the mind flayer can give life apparently to the Demogorgons. So clearly there's something going on there. My theory um, is that Will's, still technically got the spy situation going on um because obviously when he's touching his neck uh, it's a very minor thing that's technically where the satyria was removed from one as well oh. yeah and uh, yeah and i'm i'm just yeah. wondering if if will saying he can still think and can still feel and you know can still can like hear the thoughts essentially of, of vecna what is there to say that it wouldn't be easy for just Vecner to just kind of tap tap back in back ju- just in. a little bit. And I mean, in my mind, that's how they could get away with a time jump. I mean, I don't know if they're still going to go with it, but if Will can see it though and can kind of feel when he's active and kind of thing, it, surely yeah. it's got to work the other way as well. And I, I just have this horrible feel that it, it has Will actually not really been there the entire time, especially when we know that the mind flare kind of gives life to the Demogorgons. The mind flare was in Will, and then yeah. seemingly removed, but you still got the connection. So Same. that that's where I'm wondering if they're going to go with that. Kind of like a sleeper agent situation can kind of just reactivate yeah. and go from there. And like Chamber of Secrets was is was a huge influence. Like we did, um, we looked at like the video store Fridays and we made like a big map of like all the influences and what they could mean and stuff. We did it a couple of times um, once we had like more information and Chamber of Secrets was an influence for season four, which is obviously when we first see the diary, which is the first Horcrux that we see. And it is kind of, is Will a Horcrux? And like, is he, is that why he's able to tap in and out? Because... Obviously, it wouldn't the name Horcrux wouldn't be used, but is it a similar thing where he he that's why he can feel what the mind flare is feeling because it's been separated into well and he, what Hemmer is feeling because it's kind of been broken into these different pieces and these different people and they would um, someone did like a comparison of the way Billy is standing in season three when um, Max and L go to Heather's house and he the way he says L and kind of like like he knows her and then the way he stood is exactly how Henry is stood when he's in the lab talking to L like the posture the way the hands are like it's too much of a coincidence for it to be a coincidence um so it's it is interesting to think, yeah, has has he kind of been putting these things in place, like with Will, so that because there's so much of him scattered around, he can't be killed at the source? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I totally buy that. That's interesting. And this is this is what I like love about the Duffers, is that those things are there, and, and they're legit. Like, they really are mm-hmm. so intentional with every little thing that, mm-hmm. like, if you pick up the pieces, you can, you can, not that they want you to figure it out, but like you'll see like the intentionality through everything. Like I, I even just was like amazed at the end of season three when I first watched the end of season three. Like I was legitimately like, did they kill Hopper? Oh my gosh, I can't believe they killed Hopper. And then, you know, then you're like, oh, it's the American. You're like, well, that could be anyone. It could be like Murray or someone, you know. But then you yeah. kind of start sitting with that, and then you go back and rewatch the, you know, the the quote death scene. And you're like, oh, that was like a seven second blackout. He could have disappeared. And oh, there's a ladder there. Oh, he's not standing there when, you know, like it was just like all those things that like, they were never going to tell you like, oh, he's alive because they want you to sit with that feeling of like, we just lost him. But Mm -hmm. then when you go back and look at the pieces of it, you're like, 
oh no he's alive like he's definitely alive like you can see the the little like breadcrumbs that they've left so anyway I mm-hmm. I I love stuff like that because I think now that we've got time to like sit with season four and five yes. or, or in you know early seasons before five we're all going to be kind of primed and ready with our theories and a lot of them will probably be right so it's cool yeah it's really cool as well because we did it once but we looked back to like 2016 on reddit and read some people's theories there and it's so interesting to see that some people have actually kind of got it even that early on i mean some people are way off but then you think can that actually be the season please because that sounds really great but it's interesting that some people have picked up those little bits from the beginning i think like one came up a lot earlier on people saying that yeah. this has to be something to do with that and obviously the duffers have said that the comics weren't allowed to use number one so you, you could kind of guess on it. Uh, the stuff that was going on in it but i guess really then in relation to that then do you have is there a fan theory into that that you're kind of hanging on to or one that you're like you know what i i kind of hope this is this is gonna be a thing i i just watched a tiktok that you know Take, take it for what you will, but I watched a TikTok the other day that I thought was so interesting, and it was someone that was saying that in Dungeons and Dragons, Vecna is not the the big bad. It's like some sort of like dragon, uh, yeah, character. Yeah, and they were saying, you know, it's this big red dragon, and then they were saying Will's painting is the four boys fighting this red mm. dragon, and so. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not. But I'm curious to see if, you know. I also Vecna got pretty like messed up at the end of that, so I'm curious to see what like, like he looks like in season five. Like if he kind of like yeah. evolves or anything, you know, mm-hmm. or if he gets kind of like becomes like a bigger, badder version of Vecna, maybe. But I don't know. That was an interesting fan theory that I was like, I could see that. Like I feel like the Duffers know. They know D and D, and they know that it's been built on D and D. So I feel like they would kind of, you know, the boys would know that this certain character is like the big bad of D and D. So why not make, yeah. you know, this character in season yeah. five that? So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and it's not the first time they've done that with Will's drawings, actually, as well. That I think in season three, you've got you've got the prisoner that's got a thing there, and it looks kind of like Hopper oh. um, when he's drawn. I think there's a few others if you look at it. Like the D and D campaigns always seem to relate to later on, so there could be something in that. I've actually seen that theory. I thought, I'm yeah, interested to know if that's going to be a thing. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that that's what Will drew, like because that's such a specific thing to draw. Um, so that yeah, that's quite interesting. It's almost as if like yeah, the boy, the, like I said the boys know what the big bad and what the the big villains are in D and D. So it's interesting that Will chose that one to draw. I can't wait two more years. That's that's just too long. So I know. we did three years though. That's true. We did, we did do three years. We did three years. So and that was we we managed to managed to get through that. So we can get through, and it will be cool as well because there'll be so much like there's so much hype around it, like as there always is. But there there'll be so much like coming up. That you know there, it's exciting to think about the fact that we'll get like the table read video again, and then we'll get. Um, episode titles again and we'll get um like little behind the scenes stuff so i think two years seems like a really long time but i, I was actually thinking that yesterday and i was like i just want it now but i was like all the things that lead up to a release of stranger things like video store fridays was so fun i hope they do that again and like yeah. it it will be really cool to to have those little things at at the same time yeah i um i am like yeah i'm, I'm weirdly like i need to see the new season now but i also am like 
kind of sad to think because it is yeah. the final. I'm like I don't I, I do want to take time to like you know and, and we have to because we have two years but um yeah I'm like I'm like so sad I don't know that I'm ready to like say goodbye to the show yet like I I do I'm I'm happy it's the final season I want them to stick the landing um I am so happy that four was as good as it was because yeah. three was really my favorite for so long and I just was like I don't I, like it just was such a high for me I'm like I'm scared season four is gonna be a big disappointment mm-hmm. um and now four is like you know yeah next level and I was also nervous for Stranger Things because I was like like if this fourth season like really like spoils the fans like I don't know yeah. if I have a show yeah. you know I was like yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. Like, Game of Thrones was kind of that where everyone was like super high on it and then the finale happened and everyone was like you know yeah disappointed so I was just like oh come on stick the landing like and they did I mean season four is just like insane like the yeah the, mm-hmm. I'm every season has just been hit after hit and I'm so so happy yeah no definitely I completely agree just uh I, I was just so glad that season four was just yeah I, I loved it yeah 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 me too mm-hmm. so you can catch Stranger Things if you are in the UK at the Vaults Theatre from the 5th of October. Um, you can find more information at strangersingsuk.com or if you go into strangersingsmusical.com, it will direct you to the UK sites and the Australian site and, of course, the US site where you can read a little bit more about the creative team. Any final words? Come see Stranger Sings. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see what the team there does with the production. It's going to be so fun um i i can't wait to meet all the the uk fans that are coming out for it and um i uh just hope everyone enjoys it i think it's it's just gonna be a good time so um thanks for having me and i love talking stranger things and stranger things so thank you for coming it's been it's been really really fun and i yeah i can't wait to see it in person i also can't wait to meet the will buyers puppet so you can find us at many places online and that's pretty much wherever you can find a podcast we are probably there or on social media instagram facebook and twitter at hawkins podcast or youtube and tumblr at hawkins do you copy or hawkins do you copy.com slash our discord which is hawkins do you copy it will be there at some point we promise where can we find you online jonathan if people want to come follow and see what you're up to sure i'm uh i'm on instagram and twitter jthogue2 um i post a lot of uh playbill pictures of shows i'm seeing so i don't post brilliant stuff but uh if you want to know what good theaters see in new york definitely follow me there um and then twitter is just kind of whatever whatever i feel like talking about i don't know it's you know not much of a brand there i guess but um <laughs> you know maybe i'll have something interesting to say so if you want to follow it's fine um but yeah um and you can follow stranger things as well on twitter and instagram with the the usernames just stranger things so you can come check everybody out there find us on tiktok we yes. got show there too stranger things musical on tiktok so I, I love tiktok i spend ridiculous amounts of hours of my life just scrolling that app it's oh yeah it's oh. Bad just constant that's the biggest fan base is is tiktok where we love tiktok so brilliant thank you guys for listening to this episode of the hawkins do copy podcast and we will see you next time over and out